This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The crowd, the USA chants, you know, and the greatest thing about that is when you hear that chant, USA, USA, it started in Lake Placid. It came from people's hearts, and it really was the sixth man for us. It really, really helped us. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guests are assistant coach Craig Patrick and goalie Jim Craig from the 1980 Miracle on Ice Olympic hockey team. Presented by GEICO. We are continuing our celebration of the 40th anniversary of Miracle on Ice at the 1980 Winter Olympics. A motley group of American amateurs shocked the mighty Soviet Union and then defeated Finland to capture the gold medal and thrill our entire nation. It's my pleasure to welcome back heroic Team USA goalie Jim Craig. And from the Royal Family of Hockey, we're honored to have Craig Patrick, the two-time Stanley Cup winning general manager, who was Herb Brooks's assistant coach in Lake Placid. Gentlemen, welcome. And it's great to see you again, Jim. Great to see you, Boomer. And Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You come from the first family of hockey, and I have to think that hockey is running through your blood. And when you get the call from Herb Brooks to become the assistant coach of Team USA, what, what's your initial thought about that? Well, I was thrilled. We, I was with Jim. We're in Moscow playing for the world in the world championship. You were actually playing. With, the with, year before, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're in. I was the captain of the team and the U.S. team in the World Championships. And Herb came to me and halfway through and said, "You know, I'm going to be the Olympic coach next year." I went, "Yeah, I kind of heard that." And he said, "Would you be interested in being the assistant?" And I said, "Sure." So he called me when we got back, and uh, I said, "Are you still interested?" I said, "Absolutely." He said, "Well." I said, when, when do you need me? He said, well, I'd like to have you tomorrow. <laughs> he was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I was in Washington, D.C., so I threw a few things in the car and had a meeting with him the next day in St. Paul. When you get the call, what is that moment like to find out that you're going to be on the 1980 USA Olympic hockey team? It was, always had been a dream. You know, the Olympics is the world stage, and, you know, to represent your country. And I remember going to Moscow where Craig was playing, and... You know, you walk into that locker room for the first time and you see a jersey hanging up and it's got the USA on it with your name. It's like, man, that's really kind of special. So it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of fun. Do you guys believe that it's 40 years? I mean, think of all that's happened since then. And to this day, it still resonates as the greatest 
sporting achievement, I, I believe, in the 20th century. Well, it, it's great. Uh, you know, Herb had this vision. He, you know, he picked the right guys. And for the longest time, I don't think USA Hockey really prepared to win. But he sure did, right down to the last second. So it's really fun to be part of something where you have to take a backseat on what your best interest is and, and do it for the team and the nation. When you looked at that initial roster that, uh, that Herb showed you, what was, what you, what was your initial thought? Well, the interesting thing is when I met with him the first time, which was in May of 79, he said he had the roster in his mind. He didn't, I never saw the roster, okay. but he had it in his mind because he said the guys that we have in this team don't like each other. They've been competing for national championships for years. They don't like each other. So this is the 1979 team? This, no, this is the 80 team. Oh, he, this is the 80 team, the talking, guys didn't like each other. He's talking about them yeah, okay. in May of 79, yeah. He, he knew the roster then. We haven't had a tryout yet, but he knew the roster. The outstanding 2004 TV movie Miracle featured a telling scene in which Craig Patrick, played by Noah Emmerich, says to Herb Brooks, played by Kurt Russell, this is the final roster? You're missing some of the best players. To which Brooks responds, I'm not looking for the best players, Craig. I'm looking for the right ones. So, Craig, how accurate was the movie and, and, and that little exchange between you and Coach Brooks? That statement was correct. When you looked at that roster and you saw those players and you knew the mindset that Herb Brooks was going to bring to this team, did you think it was going to be as explosive as it seemed to be? Well, I have to say I was away from amateur hockey for 10 years playing pro right. and got involved with the 80 team. And at that camp in August, the the National Sports Festival, there was like 210 players there. I was amazed at the talent level that was there. And, and as Herb said, he didn't pick the best players out of that camp. He picked the ones he wanted from. What, what was he looking for in a player, in your eyes? I think someone that could put up with what he was going to be doing to them. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he put them through their paces for seven months. And I, at the end of the day, that group of guys, the 20 guys that made it to Lake Placid, were the best conditioned athletes in that in the planet that year. They tra he trained them that hard, and they responded that well. That they were the best trained athletes. Well, I'd he seen. must have recognized in order to win the Olympic gold medal, we had to be in great shape. And I'm not so sure that you players appreciated it that much. But when you put the gold medal around your neck and you think back to all of that, even goalies had to get involved in making sure that they were in shape, right? Yeah, you know, it was just everything was done at such a rapid pace and so often. And, you know, I think the player today forgets that the travel. So as a goalie, you had two sets of equipment. We lugged it all. You know, we're in the middle of airplanes. We had three to a room. And so just the bare bones of how we had to travel and play. And, uh, you know, when you have great athletes and they respond and they keep competing, it's just contagious. And that's that's what happened. Were you and Herb Brooks like good cop, bad cop? Because I felt like in the movie, he kind of separated himself away from the team and was like the bad guy. He was the heavy-handed one. And I felt like when I was watching the movie that you were the one that everybody came to and complained to. <laughs> well, I'll go, I'm going to go back to our, my first day with him in May when, when I visited him in St. Paul. He said, the first thing he said to me is, these guys don't like each other. The only way I know how to make them a team is for them to unite against me, against so her. He, so you knew that going in. And he said, your job, Craig, is to make sure you keep all the pieces together. Herb was a no-nonsense, just get your job done, pay attention, and you, you just crave for him to appreciate how hard you worked. But 
Craig was the guy who played. Uh, he he's the best listener that I've ever seen in my entire life. He truly cares about you as an individual, and so you always could go to him and look for advice. And it was it was the perfect you know oil and vinegar. So yeah. it was, he was incredibly important to our team. And I would imagine as a former NHL player, somebody you guys looked up to. Oh, I asked him question after question. How did you score this goal? Why did you score this goal? I, I would drive him crazy, but he would always stay out after practice with me and always uh, hone my skill. And he, he, he doesn't have a negative bone in his body. Sports Illustrated ranked Team USA's upset over the Red Army as the greatest sports event of the 20th century, and I agree with that for sure. Craig Patrick said that other than team speed and skating ability, there were two reasons America was victorious. Number one was the brilliance and preparation of Herb Brooks, and number two was those kids went through so much in seven months, and the relationship between the coaches and the players significant. You said that Craig was a mentor to you and you talk glowingly about how important he was to your success. Yeah, you know, um, Herb was, to me, was the architect. He was the guy that figured out what he wanted to do, planned everything, uh, but you know, uh, every, there's always a recipe in winning and we wouldn't have won without Craig Patrick. And for me, uh, the just the, the pure desire to get better and to get to the next level and be able to have him as a sounding board where he, he never ever did anything but try to enhance your abilities without ever ruining your confidence. But uh, I think Craig's biggest skill is he's an incredible listener. And uh, when he listens, it's because he really cares. And very, very important for me through the whole journey from the world championships in Moscow when he said to me, hey, Jimmy, good news, bad news. You're going to start against the Czechs. Well, what's good about it? Well, you're going to start against the Czech. What's bad? Well, we're going to get killed, but you're going to learn a lot, right? <laughs> you're going to learn a lot. That's, yeah. that's, that's nice experience right yeah. there. And, and I, I, would, I would say this. Uh, you know, I'm thinking back prior to the Olympics, you guys play – uh, the Russians at Madison Square Garden. I think that was early February, and you know, we're coming up on the 40th celebration of the victory on February 22nd. So about 10 days earlier, I believe you play at Madison Square Garden and you get drilled. What did you learn as a coach in that game? What we learned was we had, we'd played a bunch of Russian teams, we played a, a lot of Czech teams, all the teams, but we never played the Red Army team. We never played that team until Madison Square Garden. So it was our first time experiencing them. For the first 30 minutes, our, we all just watched them in amazement, like, I guess, curious, or, but we yeah. didn't play. And we're down 7 nothing. Then we started to skate mm -hmm. and play our game, and it was 3-3 the rest of the way. So that was a good sign for us, to, and something Herb used later when we had to play, play them again. Now you have to go to the Olympics after that, you know, that loss at Madison Square Garden, and you have to get through the initial round and you had a couple tough games in that in those rounds against Sweden, which, which you tied, mm -hmm. and you had to play Czechoslovakia again, and then you you know ran through Norway and Romania and teams like that. You were four zero and one in the, the the lead up to the medal round. So, what did you learn in that part of the Olympics that helped propel you to going on to win the uh, the gold medal? Well, I'm going to say it was a combination of the whole year because our conditioning allowed us to overcome a lot of obstacles throughout the whole week. Like, we played 60-something games prior, pre-Olympic mm -hmm. games. And then in the Olympics, we were behind in every single game. Every single game that we played in the Olympics, we were behind and came back and won or tied. 
uh, we tied Sweden in the very first game, the last minute of play. And you actually pulled the goalie and you tied the game. Yeah, exactly. Which so um, we don't, if we didn't score that goal, we were in trouble. Right. Yeah, so it kind of propels you on and you gain confidence as you go on as a goaltender and as an athlete. I would imagine now all of a sudden you realize you tied Sweden and you're going to play Czechoslovakia, one of the top teams. They should have been a medal team, and you beat them. So when does it click in that, you know, maybe, just maybe, we got something special here? Craig said during the 61 games we played, we played against the best teams in the world. And we, we are very successful. And so the biggest thing about our team is we all believed in each other. It, it was like we didn't shorten our bench. We just played all the players. And, and so when you pick the players that Herb did that had won at every level, they just know how to win. Was it, were you surprised, and I don't know the story behind this, that Herb Brooks, Minnesota, picks Mike Aruzioni, Boston, as the captain of the team? I think everybody was probably surprised, but it was the best pick. Let's talk about the big game, the Soviet Union versus the United States at the 1980 Lake Placid Olympics, exactly 40 years ago today. And I want to ask you, Craig, from a coach's standpoint, when you watch what Coach Tikhonov of the Russian team did in your game, in this specific game, how many mistakes did he make and what were the biggest ones? The biggest one was pulling Tradiak after Mark Johnson scored a goal in the last second of play. Do you think that Tikhonov and his coaching staff respected the American team? No. And the players didn't either. I've met a bunch of the players since then uh, that, have, that played against us, that played for the Red Army team, and all, all of them, the theme of everything that they said was, they didn't believe we could skate with them. Well, I'll tell you, that's a motivating factor for sure. I would imagine on your team, Jim, what was it like before the game started in the locker room for you, the starting goalie, knowing that you're playing against this Red Army team that you saw a few weeks earlier, right before the Olympics started, and what uh, didn't go so well uh, at MSG? You prepare for a lifetime for this type of opportunity, right? And so... Um, uh, really great players look forward to the, that opportunity. So to me, it was a chance to go out there and do something special. And I had prepared differently, you know, as I, uh, I like to say, is one period against the Russians was like playing a whole game <laughs> against a different team. So, you know, the concentration level was different. How I focused on that game was different. But Herb, when he came in, and Craig, our coaching staff, were just so comfortable that we had prepared so hard for this game that we were ready. And at the end of the game in Madison Square Garden, I think our players kind of got in rhythm and we were ready. And, and the uh, crowd, uh, the USA chants, you know, and the greatest thing about that is when you hear that chant, USA, USA, it started in Lake Placid. It came from people's hearts and it really was the sixth man for us. It really, really helped us. So it, as, as you know, as an athlete, it, when you get that opportunity to be on that world stage, and compete, it, it isn't nerve-wracking. It's really fun. And you have the USA across your chest. Was there a seminal moment for you as a coach during that game when you knew, like, man, our guys are ready and maybe they're not, they're a little off? I remember the last 10 minutes. Like the 30, the, it seemed like it lasted an eternity, well, didn't it? the first it? 50 minutes went like that, but the last 10 minutes took, like, yeah, two years. Imagine if you were in goal, how that must have felt. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that, that was like you were watching the clock, you're watching, you found your dad in the stands, right? Yeah, you know, the last 10 minutes, the biggest part, and what I'm so proud of, is most every team that ever played against the Russian hoped to win, and they went into a defensive shell. But this was Herb's philosophy on being the best conditioned athletes, 
and we just attacked. We skated hard. We we didn't give them any inch, even though they were that good. Uh, so it was we we played to win, and and so many teams near the end when they got close just were hoping the thing was over. So it lasted a long time, but it was fun. All those Herbies were working itself out and came back to fruition to help you guys out uh, out to the Russians at the end of the game. But you know, what people tend to forget, obviously, is that there was another game after this, and this was against Finland. And once again, you find yourselves behind two to one in this game, going into the third period. I wanna know what was said in the locker room between the second and third period, and who said what, and how, and how was it delivered? Um, Come on now, it's 40 years story. later, you know, yeah. that, listen, the, the statute of limitations is over. Unfortunately, Herb is no longer with us, right. so we can, we can tell the truth now. Well, Herb, Herb gave us a speech, and, and then he came back out, out of the locker and he said to me, Craig, they don't listen, they're not listening to me anymore. You go talk to them. So I went and I said two words. I said, hey guys, they all said, they all jumped up, shut up, Craig. <laughs> we haven't come this far for, to lose to this team. We're going to win this game. I just listened to them. They went on and on and on, and I finally turned around and went out of the room, and Herb said, how'd it go? I said, we're in good shape. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember Craig sharing that story with my son. I said, you know, Craig, tell us a story that nobody knows, and that was the story he told. It was really fun. So listen, you motivated them to victory. That was great. You got the gold medal, and I want to show everybody the gold medal, and I'm looking at this beautiful gold medal, and this is your gold medal, Craig. And I guess people wondered whether or not you and Coach Herb Brooks got a gold medal. You obviously got one, and I'm assuming that Herb did too, right? That's correct, yeah. Coaches didn't get medals back then, but... I don't know if the Olympic Committee or USA Hockey decided that Herb and I deserved him, so we, we ended up getting him after the fact. Now, do you still have your medal? I sure do. Now, I know a number of these medals have been sold on the open market. How much do you think this thing could go for right now? Oh, I can give you a good number. Really? How about that? <laughs> I would love to take it, actually, but it's terrific. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I look at this thing, I think this thing has got to still give you, you know, like the chills, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing accomplishment, one that will never be forgotten as we enter into the 40th anniversary of that just amazing run by an amazing group of men led by coaches who really cared and showed all of us what it meant to overcome adversity and maybe even overcoming some better skill with a little heart and desire. Uh, I know that you are a hockey lifer, uh, Craig. You know, it just runs through your blood from your grandfather to your father to you. And now you're bringing out three-on-three -three hockey, three ice Yes, uh, in a year from now, or the summer of 21, we're, we're starting a three-on-three -three league, which is what today's NHL overtime is. Yes. So it's going to be overtime all the time, and we're going to have eight teams that will play uh, tournaments on, and during the summer right. between the NHL season. So this is going to be hockey. And who will be round. the players? Who will be you? former NHL players that still still in there. No, no, young, yet younger, younger guys. Yeah, younger I was going to say maybe some form, former quarterbacks or maybe even a <laughs> former goalie or so. Who would want to play goalie in a three-on-three? Three? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so you like the overtime rules? Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's an exciting part of the game, uh, and this is we're going to be we're going to have uh, tournaments. So we're eight teams, four will play, or eight teams will play. Right. Four four winners will advance. Then the next. Went the two winners will advance for the finals every weekend, all summer long. And it'll be all around the countries, yes, uh, right. both Canada and anything in Europe or no? Not yet. 
But okay. that's, in the, that's in the works. If, if you're involved in it, I have a feeling that it's going to be a success because you have hockey in your blood. And for you, uh, you told me the story about when you went to Atlanta right after uh, the White House and everything. You really didn't have a chance to enjoy this gold medal. But I know over the last 40 years, because I've seen you at a lot of these things, yep. you really are enjoying yourself now that, nowadays, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's really nice to be part of a group of guys who made that ultimate sacrifice to do something that was really epic and uh so now it's as you get older it's time to enjoy it well happy 40th anniversary thanks, my boy. man and craig it's great thank to you. see you great congratulations you. good uh, luck on the new venture our thanks to craig patrick and jim craig for joining us today and to all of you for watching on boomer Esiason. and i'll see you again soon right here on game time with baseball commissioner rob manford great job awesome good job guys again Always thank you so much man, jim. when he said to me hey jimmy good news bad news you're going to start against the Czechs. Well, what's good about it? Well, you're going to start against the Czechs. What's bad? Well, we're going to get killed, but you're going to learn a lot, right? <laughs> you're going to learn a lot. That's, yeah. that's, that's a nice experience right yeah. there.